He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome everybody here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, today joined by a good buddy of mine, friend of the show, now that he's made a few appearances and all that good stuff. Are you uh, Kirk of uh, Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball is who I'm uh, talking to. You, uh, you, you made a face there. You, is this like, in terms of your career and just lifetime best moments, being called a friend of the show, where does that, where does that sit for you? That's good. I mean, I, probably, I think I've come on this version of the show like three times now. So, yeah, I, that, that does count as friend of the show. <laughs> uh, so the whole reason that we're going to be talking today is I have been told and have thought for, I guess, for the last couple of weeks or so, last week or so, as the market for Christian Wood really dried up, that um, he would eventually be a Laker. And over the weekend, we had a whole conversation uh, built around Jared Vanderbilt for, for Christian Wood, which is nonsensical. Yeah, uh, I didn't, no, why would Lakers do that? <laughs> but um, and, and to be clear, and, and, and Sam reached out this morning asking if I really used that as an entire uh, lowdown. I did not. It was a one segment that ah! somebody asked about. Um, and, and Sam himself said that he would not do it, nor does he think the Lakers would do that. No. Um, it's always a good sign when everybody on the other side of it, I saw Nick was, was like, Nick Angstat was like, yeah, yeah. Nick, Vanderbilt for, for wood. Yes. Call it in, please. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Vanderbilt's like the, the exact kind of defensive presence that I think the Mavericks really need. Um, that versatility out there, uh, but he's also somebody that the Lakers really need. So that isn't necessarily happening. But I, I do still think that asking Kirk, who has a year of experience uh, on the Christian Wood roller coaster, what that was like is um, is good. I think the 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 clear and obvious starting point here is uh, you and I stumbling buzzedly through the win and bumping into Christian Wood on our way into the, the media party um, is, is I think, a decent place to start. Where That's right. We he... did see him in the hall because I didn't think it was him because the thing about seeing NBA players in person is that you have one of two reactions. That guy's way bigger than I thought. Yeah. That guy's nowhere near as big as I thought. Yeah. And for me... Wood fell into the latter camp, which is interesting because he's listed at what six eleven or six ten to two fifteen. Yeah, um, I think that's fitting. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I, I, I think that I think that summarizes Christian Wood's game. Right. Yeah, I thought you'd be bigger. <laughs> I thought there's something more. You know, the 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 great Shaq meme. You know, yeah. I, I I apologize. I wasn't familiar with your game thing. Yeah. There's a reason that nobody's familiar with Christian Wood's game. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll just say this: If you're a Lakers fan and you've been you've been looking at that basketball reference page, man, this guy's 27, 28 years old, 16 and a half points a game in 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. He gets he gets about eight, seven, eight boards. Wow, 
Hits wow. threes. Hit some threes. Do you have and, us all as Owen Wilson? Uh, I mean, there's there's really yeah. something. Well, I mean, I watch this with every all every every NBA fan does this because look, unless you're like a 24 year old kid that does nothing but watch basketball, you don't watch that much NBA because there's 82 games per team. You can't sit around and watch games all day. It's hard. We have lives. Yeah. And what what I found, particularly when it comes to Wood, and this happened to to the Mavericks last year, is like no Maverick was watching Detroit or Houston. They didn't watch this guy play. And mm-hmm. so you look at his numbers and you're like, there's something here. And he might be the most empty stats all-star in my life. He does so much nothing while looking good. And you're like, what isn't coming together here? That's yeah. just that like, as a minimum player, this is the, and the, it's all about like kind of perspective. If he were coming in as like a 10th, 11th guy, which is what he would be for the Lakers, take it. Because he'll yeah. come in, feast on bench units, probably get his butt kicked on defense. Dude has massive wingspan, like seven foot four wingspan. He gets all kinds of cheap blocks, but he can't guard. You know, he couldn't guard a chair. But there's just there, there's no there there when it comes down to it for a for a like a a crunch time important guy. But for for what we're kind of talking about at this stage in free agency, he'd he'd be a steal. Is, is kind of what I think. Yeah, I. So, as I've been, <laughs> all right. So the 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 conversation cycle. I'm not even going to call it a news cycle because, like, the only bit of quote unquote news was uh, Mark Stein reporting that the Mavericks would be open to signing and trading uh, would depending on the player that they got back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only bit of like update to the story. And then from there, it just got ran with because it's mid-July and we don't have anything else to talk about. And uh, I, I asked some people with, uh, with the Lakers and close to the Lakers um, what they thought of that conversation cycle and was promptly told, lose our number. <laughs> like, never bring that up again. The Lakers, just like they were with Chris Paul, by the way, mm-hmm. are interested in, in Christian Wood at the minimum. They were interested in Chris Paul at the minimum. They were not interested in, at, at uh, Chris Paul at $30 million a year, nor are they interested at, at Christian Wood at anything more than the minimum. Um, because like when you have a player at the minimum, uh, there's the, 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 the locker room has the leverage there, right? Yeah. Um, if the player doesn't buy in... If there's any kind of issue whatsoever, gone. That player is is shown the door unceremoniously because that's what you can do with a, a minimum player. Um, it's when those players are making tens of millions of dollars that it gets more and more complicated to get rid of said player, right? See mm-hmm. James Harden, see Kyrie Irving, see whoever, uh, Bradley Beal. And, and I think... Uh, like you're saying with the Lakers here, if he's on the minimum and especially cause like the thought is, and, and Rob Polinka kind of mentioned, we would like to see some more two big lineups where uh-huh. AD is at the four. Um, you can do that more if wood is in there because he spaces the floor. Yeah. AD makes up for, for woods defensive def- uh, deficiencies. If you have like Vanderbilt in there at the small forward, you make up for, uh, Woods' immobility uh, on, on the perimeter. 
Um, and I think there, there are some things that can be done there to make the, the, the work fit or the fit work. That isn't something that you can do though. If like Vanderbilt isn't on your roster. <laughs> right. Uh, so, and, 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 um, you know, messing around with, with Woods, uh, role and just kind of sliding him in where he fits is the kind of thing you can do with him at the minimum. Uh, one of the things that I noticed last year was, uh, with Jason Kidd because he, it, Wood is very much not a Jason Kidd type player. I, it yeah. seems to me how he got on the team is one of, so it's like Kidd had been, that's the first real off season for Jason Kidd yeah. and for their new GM. It was really alarming because that like JaVale McGee, very clear Jason Kidd signing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if, McGee, you know, you understood the intent, even though everyone and their uncle knew McGee sucks. Yeah. Wood didn't make sense on paper. So it was like, why is this happening? And frankly, it seemed to be too good of a deal to be true because the Mavericks excised, I think, four contracts that had at least a year and a half on them. Yeah. And so that was why they went and got him. And they're like, okay, we'll make this work. And they never did. Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't, he, he kind of bumps heads, it seemed, from the outside looking in, that he kind of bumped heads with, with Kid throughout the year. Um, was still I, I and and the spacing does matter with with Luca there like having spacing around Luca mm-hmm. does really help, um and so like some of the some of the impact numbers some of the rating numbers uh, looked okay I think with with Wood out there yeah. but yet he, it was still like a conversation it felt like all year within Mass Twitter like why isn't he playing more but yet mm-hmm. why does he have to play more like. It was it was a super weird thing, and 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 you use the term like empty calories with with wood. Um, is there anything you think that can be done to make those calories less empty? I mean, you're playing him for fifteen, like twelve to fifteen minutes versus twenty five, where he's like a, you know, he's a guy that goes in and absolutely feasts on the back end of benches because he is. It's like you'll watch him play, and you won't understand how he's not a star. It just to an mm-hmm. eye test that he passes all eye tests. He passes ball don't lie, ball don't stop, real hooper status. Like <laughs> it, it's yeah. it, you know he's twenty seven. He's been on so many teams, and really the problem is because he got off to such a rough start. He never learned some of the things that would have kept him on the floor longer, despite his talent. And he just doesn't know how to do them now, even though he tries. Like I'm of the opinion, having watched him. The man was never out there loafing. He just yeah. doesn't know what to do. He doesn't have the reps for defensive rotations. And so I think if, if you're out there like purely counting on him for a scoring sense, you're gonna be you're gonna be pretty happy because it's you know, and, and we've seen this with bench lineups for all good teams. It's like occasionally you just like, okay, well, LeBron and AD aren't on the floor. We need someone to soak up six shots. You know, yeah. something like that and like make them be actual reasonable good shots like Wood can get his own shot at any time. Realistically, if you don't think of him as a center or power forward, if you really think of him as like a six foot ten small forward is kind of a yeah. better way because it's just he's really silky and, and just high release point like I can see why Mavericks fans got so into him at first, but it just as the season wore on and they, they kept not playing him. It was very confusing at first because the Mavericks just weren't very good. And so it's yeah. like, why would you not play your better players? And then it became like, there was definitely like some, some, his, his agent is a, like his agent was like, 
like sending direct messages to Mavericks fans. Like not like I'm ostensibly media. I don't go to games or anything, but like you, like I'm covering stuff all the time. So he was messaging me and a lot of our staff and like, he wouldn't, you know, he just like blanket tweet people with uh, like, Hey, here, here's this guy's stats. Have you considered this blah, blah, blah. And do that like across yeah. the board. And I think he also did that to the Mavericks where it's <laughs> like, Hey, it's, it's just like after a while, it was like, man, this fucking guy kind of thing you know it's like like yeah. well, man it's him again um and and i think that's sort of like war on everyone because leading up to the trade deadline there were like actual discussions about whether he would take like a two-year deal worth like 38 million like a 17 million dollar extension i guess it's 34 million and his agent was like absolutely not no way and yeah, and that's where yeah. we're at right now and like so it's it's interesting <laughs> we're talking was about, like i don't see what's what's the problem here well, so interesting. We're talking about this because I just this just popped up in a group chat that I'm in. It's from a guy named Ben Rit Ritholtz at NBA. He's a Knicks Film School uh, contributor. Okay. He says Collins traded for nothing. Obi Toppin traded for nothing. PJ not getting paid. Wood not getting paid. All good players. I think it's really hard in the league right now if you're a complimentary big who can't protect the rim or guard wings. And like yeah. that's that's just that's a great summation of where we're at. That and I will, but I'll continue to circle back to this. For a team that needs bench scoring punch or just to eat up minutes, you could do much worse than yeah. than than Christian Wood. Yeah, I I kind of think that is the case. Um, there's a lot of players who I think are kind of luxuries, right? Mm -hmm. And under the previous CBA, you could have luxuries on your on your cap and get away with it. Um, at varying numbers, right? And Tyler Hero comes to mind. Is like mm. he's he's like you know scoring punch off the bench, can facilitate, can do all of those things, but also will get absolutely decimated in the playoffs when they when teams just really start picking on him. So in the regular season, he's this luxury to have that gets you through eighty two games worth of the NBA uh, of the NBA regular season. But then when 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 the games start mattering a little bit more, um, he can go sit there on the bench, right? He's yep. the he's the, the 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 Corvette that rich people drive on Sundays. That like you know, I it's fun to drive on the weekends when when there isn't much traffic and and I don't really care as much about uh, you know fuel you know efficiency and stuff like that. Um, I'm gonna keep it in the garage and then and then as the as the budget titans you start looking at that car you're like man it sure would be nice to get that influx of cash if we sold that car right my, yep. my in-laws just sold their um they they you know my father-in-law retired and they just sold their boat they sold their their like kawasaki <laughs> little like, car and stuff like that it was just like and i think that's what all teams are doing they're they're, they're looking at their luxury type players christian wood Obi Toppin, Tyler Hero, Bradley, like, well, Bradley Beal too is a, is a kind of different, slightly different case here. But they're all looking at their boats in their garage and they're saying like, that's an expense. It's it's <laughs> we still have to account for that on our books and 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 it, it it gets tougher to do that. And I think Christian Wood is very much like that. He will eat up innings for you over the course of an eighty-two game season, and then in the playoffs, you're terrified of every second that he's on the court because teams over the course of a seven game series are really going to to pick him apart defensively if he isn't surrounded by the absolute perfect personnel and and I think that's really kind of 
um, depressed his his market there. But yeah, I, still, you do need those guys over the course of an eighty-two game season. You do need you 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 know it's it it's innings eater is the is yeah. the term that uh, it becomes it sounds worse than it actually is. But those those pitchers in 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 an one hundred and sixty-two game season in, in Major League Baseball. And and those guys who play fifteen ish minutes, uh, eighty two games out of or you know I guess it would be like seventy out of eighty two games over the course of a regular season, like th- those guys really do matter. And for the minimum, for like having a player that talented on the minimum uh, is and and not just on the minimum but on a prove it deal. And I think that's the last kind of uh, wood specific thing that I wanted to ask you about. Um, do you think this will be kind of like the the come to Jesus moment for Wood and his camp here that, you know, when you arrive, Andrew uh, Andre Drummond just had that, that clip go viral, right? I was making mm-hmm. max money and now I'm, now I'm just a, 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 on fucking veteran minimums and stuff. And it matters how you are as a teammate. It matters what you do in the locker room. Um, he has kind of recognized that. Do you think that's something that Wood can kind of recognize at this stage of his career now that he has fallen from, you know, teen million dollar deals yeah. to now minimum deals? Do you think he can turn it around? I don't really think there's anything for him to turn around, uh, to mm. be quite candid. When he was a younger player, part of why he bounced from, and, and if you go look at his basketball reference page, I think he's played for eight teams, but he's also been to training camp for two or three other teams and never he didn't make the cut. Mm-hmm. That was in his younger days when he, you know, 10 years ago when he first was going to summer league, he had this reputation of this guy that really wasn't very professional. He wasn't like awful or anything, but he was just late and, and just basically wasn't, he, he wasn't the guy that, that he, he wasn't near as mature as he needed to have been. But I will say in, in his time in Dallas, I heard nothing in terms of professionalism concerns, mm-hmm. you know, n- nothing about showing up late to work. I think he was a very good teammate. There was never any instances on the bench where people would draw, you know, and complain about, you know, some of his demeanor and that sort of thing. Um, I think for him, it's all on court and it goes back to, to what sort of, you know, what sort of value do, do scoring bigs have. And I think that for really good teams, you know, a team that made the Western conference finals and kind of knows specifically what the shortcomings are, Finding those 16 game players at this stage in free agency is just not a thing. Um, yeah, that's okay because the innings eater of it all, I think, matters a lot. I mean, I'd be really curious, you know, it, you need hindsight for this, so probably almost like another season. Like the Lakers expended an extraordinary amount of energy to turn things around the second half of the year. Yeah. Versus like just using the Nuggets as a comparison who basically loafed the final 20 games yep, and then came into the playoffs and had another gear to get to. I think you could probably make the argument for the Lakers that the rotation as it was was pretty dang good. It's just nobody had any juice left by, by yeah. the time you get to that point in the play. And that's okay. I mean, it's probably maddening, but it's just that's why you know the NBA season is such a marathon. And so it's like, I think this to to in a roundabout way, I guess I'm kind of making the argument for Christian Wood for that like innings eater yeah. of it all, because you just gotta have you know, eighty goes down for seven games and you got a guy that can come in against a weak stretch of you know, say you're you play the Pistons twice and you, you get one of those lucky weak stretches in December where it's like, Oh, this is gonna be nice and oh AD's down, crap. And then you can somehow go five and two 
and make mm-hmm. it work anyway. Like that's the yeah. sort of stuff that 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 I think a guy like Wood can help contribute to. But once uh once that clock turns to April, he's going to be a pumpkin and he's going to be sitting on the bench. <laughs> um, I want to ask you about your off season, the Mavericks. Um, like widely considered, almost consensus, a very successful off season here for Dallas. Um, what does that feel like? Like how, how like <laughs> this is this is uncharted territory for you. What did you do I, with your hands? I'm really pleased. I will say that to sort of couch it, this is a sort of off season they should have had in Luca's second year. Um, mm-hmm. when they had cap space and options and bird rights for a number of guys. And instead what they did was they sat on their hands because they were really seriously hoping to make a pitch for Giannis in twenty twenty one. This yeah. I'm not I'm not kidding. People think I'm crazy. Like it is absolutely what they were hoping for. And so night, but in the Lucas year two, they just, they kind of brought everybody back. And instead what like the Mavericks got off to a 16 and five start in 1920 because Luca was awesome. Not because of anything they did in the free agency. It's just like Luca was amazing. So this off season, it's been nice to see them actually have some, you know, they, they tanked to get into that 10th spot, which, you know, I, what I learned is that the Dallas Mavericks invented tanking. That was one of the fun <laughs> things. So I've been dealing with that all off season from various friends of mine in the yeah. media that are just like, and what it came down to is the reason a lot of people were offended, but the Mavericks did it is because Luca is a top five player. I get that. That's different, but it's just like, come on, you know, have the same energy for the Blazers and Damian Lillard who have done this like three years in a row. Yeah. Um, well, the thing is like, Dame isn't a top. He's not. No, he's player. not. Yeah. And and so that's, and, 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 you know, no one wants to really say that out loud, but that, that is the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they, they traded back or they, they get the 10th pick. They trade back two spots, shed themselves of Davis Berton's kind of hilarious contract. They draft this kid from uh, Duke named uh, Derek Lively who shot up the draft boards. That made me roll my eyes something fierce because it's like, like to, you know, mid-lottery big men don't have a great history just because it's difficult. Then they yeah. trade into the first round, uh, 24th pick, using the trade exception that they had. They took... Um, What's his name? Sacramento, Rashawn Holmes, uh, and then drafted yeah. a guy, um, Omax. They took him right out from under the Celtics. And if you were watching on draft night, the Celtics were so fucking flustered by this, they traded back three times. They had <laughs> no idea what to do, which is yeah. so funny to me because if I was the Celtics, I would have taken it like pick 26 or whatever the hell it was. The guy the Lakers got at 40 and uh, my guy from Pepperdine. Mm-hmm. Um, Maxwell Lewis. Maxwell Lewis, which is just... Anyways, and so they've done, you know, they re-signed Kyrie, which was kind of a sort of a given. They got Seth Curry. The trade for Grant Williams was, I think, probably the hallmark. Because it's just like it's a solid trade, good deal. Yeah. Um, Grant Williams is is a guy, I I like him, but I will never not think about that, that free throw thing where he was like, <laughs> I'm going to hit both and then misses both. Like that shit is just, <laughs> that's going to live in my head every mistake he makes. He's yeah. a big shit talker, but that, that's fun. Um, summer league was nice because, uh, the, the kid, you know, lively looked fine after watching JaVale McGee lively should probably play right away, but he's, he's going to be like, he's going to be fine. He's not gonna be good. He's gonna be fine. I'll take fine. I need, I've not had passable center play since Tyson Chandler. Um, and then the guy Omax who they got trying not to get too hyped on him, but he looks legitimate. Like he is a. There's, there's Dorian Finney-Smith. He's an infinite turbo guy. 
Well, that, that's that's one part of it. So, so like Dorian Finney-Smith, who now plays with the Nets, was a longtime Maverick, 6'8", 215. But um, you ever see the movie The Replacements with Keanu Reeves? Yeah. Yeah, the the kicker in that movie, um, who was also on Game of Thrones, uh, uh, the he uh-huh. describes himself as wary, wary. <laughs> that was Dorian Finney Smith, like real thin, but six five six eight two fifteen. This Omax guy six eight two fifteen comes in looking like a middle linebacker that's six eight, like big yeah. shoulders. He's had some massive defensive plays. Like we're all getting really too high on him in Mavs land, but it's fun. Who cares? It's the offseason. Yeah. I think he has the potential to be. I would do nothing of the sort. Don't yeah. ask me about Max Christie. He well, Christie. I mean, Christie had great, great summer league. Like it's just like yeah. that where you you kind of and so Omax has been doing some stuff that we didn't really think you know was in his game and probably won't be at the NBA level. But there's just like like playing like you love to see guys play with force, and mm-hmm. and he played uh, Jarris Walker of the Pacers and just kicked his ass. Like yeah. and that was really truly shocking to me. I mean, it's one game is what it is. Um, I, Mark Stein told a story on the radio while I was in Vegas. I was listening to his radio program about how Tim Duncan got worked to death in his first summer league game by Jermaine, Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah, sure. Like got just dominated. Like Tim Duncan getting dominated by Jermaine O'Neal. That's a thing that happens at summer league. So I, I don't know. I mean, overall, I'm I mean, pretty Jermaine, Jermaine had a great career, though. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's just it's such a weird pairing of names for someone to, to get beat up yeah. on. I mean, I, I think I'm pretty pleased with the offseason paired with the new kind of awards rules because the Mavericks rested Luka before they traded for Kyrie. They rested Luka eight times. The Mavericks went 0-8. Mm-hmm. If you play Luka half those times, you win half those games, the Mavericks are in the plan. Mm-hmm. Like that, so, so some of the things that the Mavericks do to like screw that they screwed themselves because – um, did you know Kemba Walker was a Maverick for a significant portion of last season? Like, there are some real remember some dudes you go through basketball reference. Um, who's the, the yeah. little pipsqueak from Denver, uh, the Argentinian guy? Um, oh, yeah. oh, he was on the God. team. Like, like the Mavericks were really bad, man. So it's like I, I understand when you say uh, when, when people are like like a Tim uh, Bontemps and um, Zach Lowe are like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I get why. I get why. I just think that like they could fail up and maybe make the playoffs this year just because yeah, they're not going to (laughs) have, they're not going to have some of these guys playing. Like they got, um, what's his name back from um, Australia? The guy, the the former uh, Utah jazz guy, the Taurus. This is how good of a Mavs podcaster I am where I'm like, who are, um, who are the Dallas Mavericks signings? Um, I'm just, I'm pleased with the off season. I've rambled. You asked me a simple question. I talked for four minutes. So, it's it. They're going to be a lot different, and I'm looking forward to different. Well, I, I think this is all um, what this offseason has allowed. I think the Mavericks to do is have like a decent sample size of data at the deadline to go one way or the other, right? Um, and like it's gotten a ton of attention that Kyrie's deal matches. Rui and Delo's deal, and that could be something that both teams kind of uh, <laughs> address at, at the at the deadline. Yeah, it's, it's it's just one of those things that like nothing that is that interesting a coincidence f- ever feels like a coincidence. Yeah. Um, and and we know that like LeBron is still really adamant that he would like to play with Kyrie one more time. I think he had a 
an Instagram post over the weekend where he called him the best on the ball player or something that he's ever seen, which like LeBron, you're not bad on the ball. No, you're pretty good. Um, dude. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, but what I think what this off season allows the Mavericks to do is at the deadline, be able to make an informed decision on whichever path they want to go with there. If they want to stick it out and keep the Kyrie Luca thing going, yeah. then you'll be able to do that. If you want to, turn Kyrie into, you know, a wing in Rui and um, taller, not anti-Semitic Kyrie in, in D'Angelo Russell, then like um, that's, that's something that the, that the Mavericks could also do there with uh, an informed data sample to work off of. Um, I, to me, that's all I would have been hoping for if I was a Mavericks fan is just, just give me, and this is honestly what I, I I'm looking forward to with the Lakers too. I like the fact that like they're going to go into next season with a roster that makes sense and, and everything can kind of fall into place from there. And if they have to make tweaks, they can make tweaks. They have the tools to maybe make some tweaks here and there. Um, and, and, and I think like given how wild the West is going to be, I think a solid off season is, is puts teams in a really good spot. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to lie. Phoenix's offseason terrifies me if I were a Suns fan, you know, like it's just it's so much change. And it, there is such a low floor to that team because of injuries and stuff. And there is like no institutional knowledge to back up any of that. Yeah. Um, and and I really think like that's a team that I'll probably be fading heading into the season just because like there are so many teams with identities that are already figured out. And everybody is so close in talent that, yeah, I think Dallas, the Lakers, the Nuggets, like those teams that didn't really mess with it too much and added to it how they could. Those are those are the, the, the off seasons that I think I enjoy the most. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I yeah, go I for it. need to get a little Kyrie thought off because never. So he happened to just walk. Oh, that's right. I told you this. So one of the really cool things that that happened to me was i was do you remember i i don't think i have this guys i sat next to like a former like this 95 year old um do i still have Bill name up? is that who, that who was i got yeah, to sit the lakers next, guy that was fantastic i got to sit yeah. next to him for an entire summer league game as he's wearing his 2010 lakers championship trip ring okay yeah damn thing takes up his hand it was amazing um just a great uh, lakers adjacent constant had to share with you so while he and i are standing there that's when kyrie irving comes in okay mm-hmm. i've never seen kyrie in person when you see him in person it makes what he does on the floor that much more impressive because i i used the term wary earlier kyrie right. is like like a piece of waspy of, he is so thin i mean yeah. he's 6'3 and 180 if he's like wearing a brick like I am I, that yeah. dude. It, it, so it makes him like to be such an incredible athletic marvel. And so just, just one thing as far as how the Mavericks play last year, Kyrie Irving had a career high true shooting percentage is small sample, 20 games in the Mavericks, but he had a career high true shooting. His career average is 58 true shooting percentage. He had a 63% true shooting percentage with the Mavericks. The offense is not the problem. Luke averaged yeah. 32, 8, and 8. Kyrie averaged 27, 6, and 5. Okay? They're fine. So anytime you see Kendrick Perkins or any moron on TV being like, can they play together? Yes, of course they can. Can they defend? 
Mm, that's the that's the question. But they can play together. So I sort of think, just because Mark Cuban is a stubborn goat, that even if things don't go a certain way, I think they would keep Kyrie regardless. Like it would, because the other yeah. thing was like Luca doesn't really say things out loud, and it kind of got like to the point where he had apparently been like, "Kyrie, we need you." Like that hasn't happened yet. So I, I found that sort of thing interesting. So if we get to trade deadline and the Mavericks are kind of anywhere near 500, I bet they were to hold on to him. But yeah. it's also the Kyrie of it all. The one thing that, that exists out there is like, what interesting thing is he going to hop on to next that will then cause like, you know, a social media. The fact that I'll have to write about, you know, Kyrie says, you know, cows on the moon. Like, I, I don't, that's the sort of stuff that you can't predict and you don't really know. Yeah. But yeah, this has been fun, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm going to let you go. Thank you very much, Kirk. Uh, let's get you. I'm going to get out of your way and let you plug whatever it is that you want to plug Mavs Moneyball and and uh, your your Mavs pod. I'll just uh, also for Blue Wire. Um, oh, yeah. Do your thing. Yeah, we're, we're colleagues. Yeah, we're on uh, Pod Maverick for Blue Wire. I have a YouTube channel just like Anthony's here. Pod Maverick. We have fun. We record way too often. Me and my co-host Josh, but. I will be honest. I listened to Bill Simmons give a little bit of a riff about why he's taking off August for the second straight month. And I was like, sounds really good. Unfortunately, I don't think I can afford to do that. So going to be going to be pulling uh, some content out of our, you know, the World Cup's coming up. Really looking forward to covering that because the Mavericks will have at least three guys on World Cup's teams. And like they're playing in the Philippines and all those games will be in the morning, which will be just glorious for us. (laughs) So it's a yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the summer. But it'll be a nice, like, now we're, like, today's, like, the first real day of off-season for me. Yep. So it, it, it'll be fun. The weekend was just such a perfect e- example and encapsulation of the off-season. Just, yep. just like, <laughs> the, the, the whole Vanderbilt Wood thing was such a, such a perfect uh, summary of, of what happens in the off-season. So yep. enjoy yours. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, bud.